0: Hello and welcome to the Extra Mile Podcast with Commercial Truck Training. I'm Will Brogan, and today we are back with another interview uh, with our first returning guest to the podcast, and that is A.J. Hewitson of Paradise Chevrolet in Temecula, California. AJ first appeared on our podcast a few months ago, and if you haven't listened to that one, it's definitely one of our favorites, so go back into our archives and take a peek at that one. It's phenomenal. It deals a lot with motivation. This one we've broken into two parts because the interview was a little bit over an hour long, and it deals a lot more with the nitty-gritty of the actual selling of the vehicles, how to get it done, how to build your relationships, and so on, everything that is very, very important in the commercial and fleet space. So without any further, here is Ken Taylor interviewing A.J. Hewitson and part one of that interview.
1: Hello and welcome to the Extra Mile podcast specifically for the fleet and commercial vehicle industry. We have a return guest with us today. I think, uh, A.J., we might just make you a, a, a regular uh, what do they call them on television, on Fox News, a contributing editor. How about that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, just as long as I don't get a 1099, I'm good with that.
1: <laughs> no 1099, don't worry about that. Uh, for uh, those of you online uh, that don't know or have heard of uh, A.J. Hewitton, uh, he is the commercial and fleet sales director at Paradise Chevrolet, In Temecula, California, Uh, a longtime friend as well, and incredible things that he's accomplished in this business. And we wanted to get him on today for a very special topic, and that is really kind of the development of um, fleet and commercial people that are new to the business. And he is so perfect for this because he had no background in the commercial vehicle industry, getting into it. So, AJ, for those of you, uh, for those on the uh, on the podcast that didn't hear your first introduction, give us a little bit of background uh, on your history and then how you got into this business because it is just so fascinating. So, take it away.
2: So, uh, coming up on my sixteenth year in in commercial fleet sales, I, I didn't start out in, in retail. It's been all in, in fleet sales, and um, it just kind of got railroaded into it by uh, it was it was it was in cell phone sales doing corporate stuff for uh, for nextel and dealing with contractors with the the push to talk walkie talkie and then I, I found out that that GM had a, a special agreement with uh, with nextel and any of the dealerships would get special pricing so my my next goal was to I mean, this, which kind of ties into the, you know, the just sales in general, but also, and especially in our business, is just to be and do something different. You know, find an angle. You know, you, you bend it, but don't break it. And there's a lot of bending in our business since there's so much gray area and, 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 and so many aspects of incentives and, and, and so forth. But once you find a hook, you know, you just you have to exploit it. You have to just go after it and not exploit from a, a bad you know, that has a negative connotation, you know, you just really have to, you know, make it make it worthwhile, and, and one of the things that we talk about in, in, at our store is, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze, you know, and, and some some deals you walk away from just because it's just so much effort to, to, to make it happen, but some deals and some initiatives are, are extra effort, and they just yield such a great, you know, return that, you know, you, you at the time it may feel painful, but it, I mean, at the end, you're looking back going, man, I'm so glad you know, we did it, and usually it's just some crazy iconic story. Like, I mean, with with mine, I was peddling, you know, cell phones, and the and the commercial manager and one of the guys just said, "You know, how'd you like to have the same customer base but sell?" You know, I'll never forget this line. I was <laughs> sitting in the guy's office, and he goes, "You know, how'd you like to sell forty thousand dollar trucks instead of forty dollar phones?" And uh, <laughs> you know, I I I said, "Well, I don't know anything about trucks," and he goes, "Well, neither do most of my guys." You know, so. But, but oh, it's funny. It's as funny as it is. I mean, it's true. I mean, there's, I mean, oftentimes the customer is going to know a lot more than than we will because we know, we know about the truck in a in a glass box. You know, we know about it. You know, in the showroom, we know about it on the on the front line. But, you know, you learn about the, you know any pain points. Whether it doesn't matter what brand, you know, Ford, Dodge, Chevy, you know, that you've got. I mean, it's like, oh man, that engine for five years was the worst, or that transmission. And if, if you made a left turn on a Thursday, that thing would just blow out, you know, and so, you know, you, you find out what those things are, and, and then you just, you know, do your best to, you know, to power through, but so I, I ended up making the, the leap, you know, I, I knew that phones weren't going anywhere, and if, it, if, if, I, if I wanted to regain my illustrious career, you know, selling cell phones, I could always go back, and, and so then I went to trucks and, you know, kind of never looked back, and it's been a, it's been a
1: great, great ride. Uh, well, it absolutely has. You know, in in 16 years, of course, uh, a lot's changed, uh, and yet some things have remained the same. If you were giving advice to someone who really was in your same situation, came with no truck background, no automotive experience, what would be the three or four top things you would recommend that a brand-new person put into action first?
2: Do you, well I mean one one sentence that you know that i, I just have just' been trying to kind of embody and it, it's tough because it's it's so easy to spin out into outer realms that do small things well you know and 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 find find a method find a a process that's sustainable you know we've got a, a ton of technology at our dealership and we we've got a huge inventory you know we're the largest stocking commercial dealer you know west of Texas, and even that you know kind of rivals. You know, whether we've got more or they've got more so you know it, so having the inventory, having a great location, you know having all the technology can be overwhelming because there's just so many different angles you know and things that you can do but you know doing small things well and and consistently is is probably you know the biggest challenge just because you know, salespeople are in, are just infamous for you know they, they, they do something they're successful at it they have their best year ever. And then the following year they have a thirty percent drop you know and you know and what they did and realistically you should have a thirty you know from your first year to your second year you should have a thirty to fifty percent gain you know because you know you were just learning in the first part you were just getting through the training you were just building accounts you were just you know figuring out all the different model codes and then GM will switch up all the model codes to make it fun. You know, and, and then and then you have to figure out all the different trim levels and then there's constraints and then there's, you know, all the all the struggles that, you know, that we deal with, but, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the busy part of busy, um, but the funny, the, the joke that managers and directors throw around is, you know, salespeople do whatever it took to get successful and then after they've reached the highest success that they've ever had, they go, you know, I'm going to stop doing all of that stuff because it just paid me way too much money and I'm just going to do half of that stuff, you know, and that's, <laughs> So you know we've we've had those issues over the years you know with guys that you know you know they tell you that you know hey I've I've been working for 20 years 30 years in different careers and jobs and you know whatever and you know I've made the most money that I ever had you know then in this business and you know you congratulate them and you know they're obviously congratulated every month with their paycheck and and then the following year you know you just have a monster drop and it's just because we get too far away. And too caught up in the ether of of the success, I think, and just forget about what got us there, you know. And it's easy uh-huh. to glide when you're when you're gliding down, but it's it's you can't glide up, <laughs> you know. Eventually, uh-huh. you run out of wind, you know, and you just you end up yeah. you know dropping.
1: You know, it's so interesting, Aj, because you know, I come from a sports background, you know, having been a high school coach for a decade, and uh, you know, looking at. Uh, players that I coached who actually went on to the uh, college ranks who went on to the NFL, the ones that remained successful were the ones that were always looking for a way to be better and the ones that ultimately bombed out were the ones that rested on their laurels. And, and I, I think that's kind of what you're saying is they, they get to a point and then, it, then it's, okay, I'm here so I, I can stop all the hard work that got me here.
2: Well, much of that combined with that is that the ones that, that find success, especially the new people, you know, the ones that find success are often, you know, ridiculed by the, by the veterans, you know, and, you know, they're doing something different or, you know, whatever, and, and, th- and, then, and then they get tainted. You know, usually, you know, uh, uh, most salespeople make the most money or the most profit before they get all the brilliant ideas from the people that have been there for a while, you know, and I'm being really sarcastic, I mean, because it's, these brilliant ideas are usually just ways to, you know, make shortcuts, and it's okay to find a shortcut, but as long as it's a shortcut to being more productive, not a shortcut of just laying up and, you know, whatever. So you have to fight through a lot of challenges, and, you know, one, you have to get through the training, and two, you have to be persistent and resilient, and three, got to avoid all the nonsense and don't get sucked into the, you know, the non-productive behavior of the other people, because it's... It's crazy, you know, we, you and I have talked about this before, but, you know, anyone that's listening on this, on this podcast, if, if you have a piece of paper and, you know, want to take down a note, if you write down, you know, one through six on a, in, a, in a list, and then to the right of that, you're going to write some percentages down. And, and, and so the first line, number one, is 70%. Number two is 39%. Three is 19%. Four is 9%. Five is five percent, and six is one to two percent. And then, if you draw a horizontal line between three and four, and to the far right, just put eighty-five percent. This is the nature of our business. And if there's anything that's, that's that should be exciting is is you know this part is especially for someone that's just starting out. Um, also, to the far right, uh, separate from all of this, write down seventy-two percent and put a happy face underneath it, and we'll come to that in a second. But so only 70% of, of people in our industry make make an initial contact, you know, first initial contact. Which means 30% are just waiting for a customer to call back. But most salespeople didn't sell a fleet every one of their vehicles. You know, someone else sold them until whatever for whatever reason they sold them a vehicle. So we try to remind our salespeople that. You know, hey, just because they like chocolate today, I you mean, know, they might like vanilla tomorrow, and 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 just because they're buying from you today, they used to buy from someone else before they bought from you, and we have very few customers that we sold them their first, and you know, even fewer customers that we sold them their last vehicle, <laughs> you know, and we find out that we sold them, you know, their second to last or third to last vehicle. You know when we find out that they bought from someone else after us, and that's that's a bummer. You know because you, you did all the work and all the effort and laid all the groundwork, and, and then you, you sold them something, and only to lay the foundation for someone else to keep selling them. But you know, the 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 one through six thing is you know only one you know only seventy percent make a first contact, only and then it drops you know half of that thirty nine percent make a second, you know nineteen percent make a third, and so. Now you come to the fourth one, and only 9% make a fourth contact, you know, to close this deal. Well, that horizontal line is crazy because 85% of, of deals in our business are made after a customer has been contacted four times. And a contact could be an email or a phone call. You know, in most cases, the most you know prolific and, and impactful contacts are obviously face-to-face if you can get the time, you know, and, and, and if you do... If you've made a fourth contact, you're better than ninety one percent of your competition, and eighty five percent of purchases happen after that, so that's crazy that you know ninety percent of the competition drops out you know when it's the most likely that that customer is going to buy yes you know and and it just it just diminishes even further, you know going to fifth and sixth contact and and all you've done is just built phenomenal rapport, and even if the guy says no five times. You know, by the sixth time that you show up, you know one of the things that we'll throw out there is, hey, how many times has your current salesperson been out here? And the answer is probably none, because once they've sold them a few times, they usually use delivery drivers to deliver out contracts and, and, and vehicles. and right. And so the only time that that salesperson has contact with the customer is usually when the customer has called them. And now you're part of the 30% <laughs> that's just waiting for that customer to call. <laughs> You know, and, and they've waited for that customer to call them, and then they deliver a vehicle. So we were just out on sales calls last week with one of my new guys, and, I, you know, the guy said, yeah, he's boasting that, oh, I've been buying from this guy for 20 years. And he said, as luck would have it, I'm I'm looking to buy a vehicle today. You know, and I've already talked to the guy, and I'm already, you know, I'm two-thirds there, I'm just waiting to hear back from him. And I said, out of curiosity, you've been buying from him for 20 years. When was the last time he was at your office? And he goes, wow, you know, that's, I can't even, can't even think about that, you know, when last time, and I said, and the awesome part is that this guy's office is on the other side of the cinder block wall of the dealership, so my, this new, this new sales guy that I was taking out on calls, I'd let him pick where we were going out on sales calls, and he, we are literally an eighth of a mile, half a mile you know, away from this, this other dealership that's a commercial store. And I said, you know, that's pretty brave to just, you know, go out and you know, if you want to prospect right in the backyard of somebody else because it's that much more impactful if the salesman's that lazy to, to not want to go out and you know, go prospect in his own backyard or go visit and not even prospecting, just that's just showing up at that point. And I mean he could see ten customers in a, in, in an hour, you know, and, 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 and on his way to lunch. You know, whatever. And oh. So, so it was a great conversation with the customer, and, and we don't know what the outcome is yet. It was over, you know. Now it's over holiday weekend, so we're following up with them today. But you know, you throw a whole bunch of shade, you know, on the and, and a whole bunch of doubt, and, and and it was a great conversation with the business owner because you know here we had a, a conversation with the guy that he's been buying for 20 years, and I just said the only time that you talk to him is when his phone rings, which means. You're buying something. You don't call him to check on how his kids are doing. You're calling because you need another van. You know, so I mean the, the the hardest the hardest thing going back to your original question, you know, of just advice is, you know, small things consistently. Go see three people a day, like you talk about in your you know in your uh, training. You know, three yeah. to five people a day, and just and three people a day isn't a big deal, and you don't want to see twenty because you're, there's no way to sustain that. God forbid. Yeah. 10 of the 20 want to buy something, you know, maybe not the first call or the second call, but maybe the third call, now you've teed it up for somebody else because your funnel is so big, you know, there's no way to follow up. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so small funnel, fill it up and, and just be consistent and just go after it. And I got really, you know, not necessarily poor advice, but I, I mean, I, I try to learn you know, you try, you, and just in life, you just try to, you know, take the good and either learn because of something or in spite of something. So I had really great and really horrible mentors, you know, in this business. And you know, there was one guy that I got sat with when I first started, and he's still in the business. And his version of selling was putting an invoice in front of somebody, saying plus two hundred bucks, and that's your price. And that's a really short conversation. And even if you put an invoice in front of a customer. You know they they always I mean there's customers that don't believe it's the real invoice. Show me the real invoice. You know it's like dude that's the real invoice. You know and and and, and, and so if you if you backed yourself into a corner, one you're showing that you're not valuable, and your time is valuable just like their time is, and if you if your time's not if your time's not only worth two hundred bucks over invoice, when the guy wants to buy five, and he says well what's my five truck price? You've got nowhere to go, and they don't exactly. accept that. You know they don't accept that. Hey, you know I, I've you know I've already given you my best price out of the gate. They just look at it like, you know, uh, you know I want a better deal. Which as consumers we all want a better deal when we buy in bulk. And we're not selling forty dollar phones. We're selling forty thousand dollar trucks. The guy buys, you know, quarter million dollars worth of you know of, of asset. He wants his best price. You know so. You know when you learn you got to learn you know to take the good from the bad and, and you know with some of the stuff you, you learn that your time's valuable, just like their time is valuable and, and know your worth but but show your worth you know don 't just know your worth you've got to show it
1: absolutely and, and you just hit on what we see all the time we talk about consistency of effort uh, we have story after story of just because you came back and you showed up and you, you brought something of value and you stayed in touch um we got a uh will broke in my office got a, a very nice email today from uh a new truck guy he's been at it for less than a year which i consider still consider new and you know consistently he's been uh, you know sending out thank you cards every time he makes a, a call on a you know first time or second time prospect and um, people are calling him back just because they got a thank you card i mean And uh, of course, we do his newsletter, and 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 he's gotten bunches of callbacks from that. But that goes out every single week. I mean, he's touching, 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 even though he's not doing the work on that. It's still perceived that it's from him, And, and it's exactly what you're saying. I mean, very few people go the extra mile. and and create consistency so a good point about uh, not calling on too many people you've got to be able to follow up we found that's absolutely critical well when when well well on that point and on that point i mean the thing i
2: was was, and i meant i got away from myself but the you know my 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 mentors in the beginning you know had the mindset of sell the earth you know sell everybody Everyone with a pulse, you know, and in, in in our area, I mean, everyone drives a car. I mean, in Northern California, you know, they've got great, you know, rapid transit, you know. But even in the best rapid transit, you're not going to see a plumber on the BART, you know, in San Francisco carrying <laughs> no. all of his tools. You know, he's gonna he's <laughs> gonna need a van. So in our business, I mean, on the retail side, not everyone drives a car. On the commercial side, everyone drives a you know car because they got to get their materials and tools, to, you know, to the job site. You know, but. You know, don't. I wish that I would have had a little bit more of coaching in the beginning to not try to sell the earth. Because you know, I'll be you know pro, totally honest. I've got about 750 sold customers in my book of business from when I started, and I I have all of their information from the beginning. You know, I have it saved on a folder in my on my computer. So I've got all their information, and in, in in all the years I've I've done this, I've never made it from A to Z to do follow up. And and, and and that's, that's tragic, because, I mean, how much how much work is it to rebuild rapport all over again with somebody else, oh, with somebody gosh. else, with somebody else, somebody else, versus, yeah. you know, and in tying back to, you know, what I was saying earlier about the 72% with the happy face, you know, every time we run a Polk search and look at vehicles registered to a business, you know, uh, the average American fleet right now for light-duty vehicles is about 13 years old and 72% of the vehicles registered to a business and we know this because every time we run a search you know I'm just a, a nerd with you know pivot tables in excel and anywhere from 69 to 75% is at least 12 years old and of wow. of those vehicles you know, I'd say at least 50% of them are 15 and 16 years old. We're talking about 2002s, 3s, 5s. You know, I mean, oh, okay. these vehicles have no business being in that fleet. And regardless if the business owner thinks that it's a badge of honor that they've got a 300,000-mile, you know, van, you know, I've only had to, you know, do the transmission three times and replace the engine once and da, da, da. It's like, dude, that's like, you know, two years' worth of payments on a, on a new car. You know, you, know, you could have got a brand new one and not have to jack around with it. But, you know, it's such a target-rich environment, and, you know, another term that I use all the time is that, you know, we're in a sea of mediocrity. You know, if you're if you could look, if you're at your dealership and you look to the left or to the right of, you know, two or three of your peers, you could smoke them. I mean, easily, just, just by going out and seeing two or three people a day, and in most cases, you're being paid with an expense. Like, I pay my guy, they have, you know demos that they drive, we pay for the gas, we pay expenses when they take their clients out to lunch and do stuff with them, so I'm paying you to eat, I'm paying you to drive, I'm paying for your gas, your insurance, and all that stuff, and all I want you to do is just go meet some people. It seems you know, pretty rudimentary and elementary, but it's tough, and then people are just allergic to going out because either they're afraid of the rejection, or, or who knows what the reason is, but even if you just went out and saw your existing customers, you'd have you know, great success for additional additional sales.
1: No, absolutely, and the, the referrals that would come off them are are incredible. And you've done a good job of getting referrals constantly from clients because you you do have such good follow ups. Uh, I mean, you're a testimony to what you just spoke about. It, it's incredible, AJ. When you um, when you first started out, were there one or two things that were maybe the biggest obstacles of all that maybe st- stood out that you could kind of help a new person with? I mean, anything that was like uh, a major obstacle? Um, well, getting over the fear
2: of, of I mean, if, if you haven't been, in, I mean, one, if, if you haven't been in sales in general, it's, it's I mean, some, for some people, they just can't hear no, and, and I mean you have to learn okay, so am I better in group settings because if I'm better in group settings, then I can go work the you know, all the trade associations if I'm better in one on one then I need to go to their office you know I mean the group settings are great also because it's a neutral environment that they don't have necessarily an advantage and odds are they're not going to be pulled in fifty different directions by their employees you know if they're at a trade show or if they're at a mixer or at that kind of stuff they're there with the intention to, you know, to meet and greet and to see stuff and learn. And, you know, so they're already in that frame of mindset. Now, you can't do a hard sell at a golf tournament, but if you get everyone's, you know, information and and you're in a social environment and I usually lead, I'm doing three golf tournaments in August and, and, you know, I tell my guys that, you know, look, just say, hey, you know, just lead in with this isn't a sell, you know, I just want to, you know, I'm handing you my card. If you don't have your card on you, that's fine. You know, let me at least just get your cell number, you know, or I'll text you, you know, give me your cell number so I can text you my information. And, you know, what are you doing if you're texting them your information? You just inadvertently got their cell phone. Yeah. You know, and I, my guys are probably going to kill me for, for that one. I mean, it's, just, <laughs> it's, such, an easy, it's such an easy thing. And, 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 and a guy is going to, I mean, everyone's got a cell phone. And now, once you've got their cell phones, since everyone's got smartphones, you know, to be able to send somebody, you know, a, a, a file or a picture or a document, or, you know, whatever, yeah. is easy. And everyone's got it with them. You know, if you want to send somebody, a, you know, text them a video. You know, even if you want to text them a video of, you know, of them being, you know, ridiculous at the hole. You know, and then, you know, of their foursome. I mean, that's if you send it to him, he's going to send it to his buddies. You know, and now you know your messaging just got out to all these other people, and I mean, so now you know once again you're just duplicating your stuff. So, you know, the big obstacle is really you have to look at yourself and, and see you know what what do you com- most comfortable with,
1: but there you, go. you know at good. the same
2: time at the same time you know the usually the things that you're most com are most uncomfortable with are the things that will yield the greatest success. So whether so it's true. exercise or eating right or, you know, or you know, whatever it is. I mean, sales, you know, if, if going out to see, like I'm looking at an email from one of my guys right now that just sent me, I said, hey, we're, you know, two days out for the end of the month. I want to see everyone's call list of who they're going to get on the phone with today. And I want everyone to send me 20 people that they're going to call. Even if you haven't talked to them in months. I mean, and even if they don't buy, you know, right now, but they could buy tomorrow you know, buy for next month, you know, but at least, you know, start calling and doing whatever, but, you know, the obstacles can, you know, really self-imposed, and fear is just a crippling thing that's all self-imposed, but, you know, the Roger Bannister, you know, Will just posted recently on the anniversary of, you know, Roger Bannister, you know, beating the four-minute mile, and the part that's interesting about that is that no one did it until he did, but miraculously, once he did it, 1,300 people have beat that record, including a high school student, you know, beat it, you know, so, but no one beat it until someone did, so just because no one's done it before doesn't mean that you shouldn't, and sometimes no. because no one's done it before, you should.
1: Uh, absolutely, and, and it is a, a mental barrier. We we tell people that all the time, so you are so so just dead on on that point. Thank you so much. Um, I'm so accurate and so true, <laughs> amazing. Well, I'm going to test your memory, AJ. Uh, you you were brand new to the business. Do you do you remember your very first account that you sold?
2: Um, well, I remember. Yeah, I do. I, well, my first one when I walked into the dealership, and, and my actually my first two were kind of lame. Um, my first one that I replaced a guy that got uh, that got fired. And I, I inherited his office, and two days after I got there, um, he had ordered a trailblazer for a customer, and it was a factory order that just dropped. And since the file was sitting on my desk, that was my first deal. And I don't remember anything about it. I, and I obviously didn't know how to do any of the paperwork, and it was literally my second day. My, my next sale was uh, a, a guy that um, wanted to come in on the weekend, and then once again, that other salesperson that was just the weak salesperson that sold an invoice, he um, wanted to come in on a Sunday, and this guy did not want to work on a Sunday, so he goes, you know, AJ, you know, you can have this deal. And I I said, okay, what's, you know, what's the catch? And he goes, well, number one, we're going to split it. And I'm like, okay, which means I wasn't going to make much because he was already painting himself into a corner. And he goes, and number two, he wants to come in on Sunday. And I go, well, I don't know anything about, you know, doing these deals or whatever, so I can't do it by myself. And he goes, "Well, just call me and I'll walk you through it." Well, anyone that's in this business knows that walking someone through who's you know a week in to the business, you know, is I mean they're going to be you know asses and elbows as far as that goes. And sure, you know, and and I and I was and I stumbled and fumbled you know left and right, you know, so th- those were kind of lame, you know. And and the guy came in and. It was a four, and even though the deal was already negotiated, he still wanted to grind it out and once again we' had, i mean we I think we ended up making like four hundred bucks you know and then I had to split it <laughs> so which was awesome and and but so those two deals were lame, but then I had two other deals the the following uh, about two weeks later, and one of them um, I actually still sell to today uh, he 's actually wow. he 's an electrical contractor he 's actually doing work at my house. Um, next week and and we've been friends i've sold him probably twenty five you know thirty vehicles over sixteen years and even though i've gone to multiple dealerships because i'm not at that original store anymore uh he's followed me to you know which is a true testament you know of of how good you are if they if they're more loyal to the person than they are the dealer and which he was and so I still sell to him today so that was awesome and then um another that one was it was a show up and and he i had to walk him through and you know it was it was it was more it was the floor up you know but my first outbound uh you know sale was a meat company that was like 3 blocks away 4 blocks away from the dealership and he just was looking for cargo vans and it, luckily it wasn't any kind of refrigerated van or anything anything custom he just needed empty cargo vans just to deliver more material and not necessarily the food and it was tough, and I mean, but I mean, I sold him one, and then it was a good deal. So he bought two more after that, and then on the uh, fourth one, this was all within ninety days. He bought four vans within ninety days. On the fourth one, when I went to deliver it, you know, he goes, "Hey, you like meat?" And I go, "Dude, I in mean, I sell trucks, man. I, of course, I like meat. You know, come on." And he goes, "Well, come on back." And so this apparently, this guy, um, he sold to all of the high-end, you know, four and five-star hotels and restaurants throughout San Diego, and, and they're a massive company now, and, and um, he goes, you know, what's your favorite cut? I said, you know, I love ribeye, and he goes, well, come on over, and so he pulls out these 30-day-aged, you know, dry-aged ribeyes, and, and like the full ribeyes, he goes, <laughs> you know, how thick you want it, you know, and I'm like, oh, it takes two-inch cut, you know, steaks, he goes, perfect, so he cuts me eight steaks and said, you know, here, I'll sign the contracts, and, you know, here's some, here's some, you know, meat for the
1: Wow. You know, for, the, for the
2: barbecue, and I'm like, yeah, it's cool.
1: Yeah, so, oh, what a great story. Oh, my gosh. You definitely won him over. And, and, and prove to point, it's really so much of our business, and you know this because I've heard you say it so many times, is about relationships. Uh, it's it just so critical. You know, to do the right things, uh, you know, your customers become your friends. It, right. It's just amazing. So that's, Well, you know, that's it's really important. crazy
2: when your customers start buying, like, and another one recently, you know, he's bought probably you know thirty or forty from me, and and this this guy he he buys, you know, he buys me stuff, and and I I'm like you know I tell him like you know man that's that's so inappropriate, like you know I take him out places, I you know, take him to concerts, and you know I'm friends with his wife and his and his kids and stuff, and you know we have that good relationship, but you know you know when you're the customer, and this is just a crazy thing in sales, the the ones that let you make the most profit, and the ones that are you know the the easiest to deal with are usually the most appreciative, but the ones that grind it out, where it's it's never you could give you could give them a negative thousand dollar deal, and, and they're still not appreciative of of all the yeah. hoops and, and jumps that you had to do. So, you know, it's okay to fire a customer. You know, find find a group of thirty, you know, forty customers at most, and just work work the heck out of them, and, and then you'll you'll be happy, they'll be happy, and it's a lot easier to maintain your book.
1: No, without a doubt, and we preach that. You are so again dead on. Uh, you know we practice it i mean i 've got a top twenty i 've got dealerships that, if they called me tomorrow, I would turn them down just because they don 't they don 't want to pay the price to be successful or they're so difficult to deal with. And you could sell to two to three more accounts uh, if you got rid of those kind of accounts. So great advice, you know, call call it. Uh, You are speaking the language of of Jack Welch, the former uh, uh, CEO of General Electric. He said you should constantly be calling your accounts. So great point.
0: We hope you enjoyed part one of our second round of interviews with A.J. Hewitson. Um, I'm going to cut off myself right there and let you jump into part number two, which we will be releasing at the exact same time, but it's its own separate episode, if you will, on our various podcast networks. So go ahead and jump over to number two when you're ready.